2: It is indeed the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us as we get underway at 7 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock on this Thursday, the 20th morning of the month of December in the year of our Lord, 2018. And it is not a good day. I like to greet you with a nice warm welcome every day, and I like to tell you it's a great day. Let's not waste it. Let's intend on spending this in a positive, productive way. But I will tell you this, it is not a good day today. And the reason it's not a good day today is because we are being let down. We, believers in compassionate conservatism, we, believers in military might for the purposes of ensuring the peace, not for ensuring war, but for ensuring peace, we, the believers, in our sovereignty and our liberty, we, conservatives who believe in values upon which this country was founded. We, supporters and voters, for Donald J. Trump as President of the United States, we are being let down today. And we're being let down in a multitude of ways that have a whole lot of us, dare I say millions Of conservatives around this country scratching their heads and wondering, did we elect Hillary Clinton? Allow me to explain. Yesterday, late in the day, long after our show went off the air, I had a really, really great time on yesterday's show discussing matters of biblical proportions. Quite literally biblical proportions. That's a cliche when you talk about something that's huge and monumental. But we literally were talking about the Bible. We were talking about the book of Exodus. We were talking about the, um, uh, tremendous research and video done by Ryan Morrow on finding Mount Sinai, the mountain of Moses and his discovery of it essentially in Saudi Arabia. We, we, I had a really, really great feeling as we left the air yesterday. Later in the day, however, that great feeling began to dissipate. And the reason why is because, as I said a moment ago, I and many others are wondering if we actually, actually, accidentally elected Hillary Clinton. Later in the day yesterday, we found out a number of things. One of the things that we found out is that the President of the United States is going to sign a continuing resolution that is going to kick the can with respect to budget outlays and spending on matters of national security, such as the border security wall, down the road to February. That he said he would be willing to shut down the government in order to fight for the border fund, uh, border security wall and the funding for it, but that yesterday he blinked and indicated that he will sign a short-term stopgap spending bill that does not include funding for a border wall, and that they'll take up that fight again in February. Of course, we know that in February there will be no fight. Because in February, Nancy Pelosi and her band of open-borders Democrats will be running the show in the part of uh, the government, the House of Representatives that makes the decisions on spending. Nancy Pelosi will run the show, and we will never see a nickel of border wall funding. And the president blinked. As if that weren't enough, yesterday we also found that the United States Senate, on a bipartisan basis, voted 87 to 12, To release a whole lot, thousands and thousands and thousands of violent criminals back into the streets of our communities through something called the First Step Act that is championed by Trump. Which Trump, you ask? All of them. But the one I'm speaking of most specifically is Ivanka. The president's liberal daughter, and her liberal husband, Jared Kushner, have both bamboozled the President of the United States. They are the ones who have been pushing this criminal justice reform jailbreak bill. He has supported it. He has told Congress to pass it, and he will sign it. And yesterday, the Senate passed it. A couple of minor tweaks. It has to go back to the House for full approval there. Then it goes to the President's desk. And we will have jailbreak from federal prisons all across this country. And then to make matters worse, if not the worst, we find out that the President of the United States is going to go full Obama and pull our troops out of a very, very important strategic war zone and strategic territory in the Middle East, which is going to create a huge vacuum of power that is going to be filled by something as dangerous or more dangerous than what was left behind. That's right. Donald Trump is going to treat Syria the way Barack Obama treated Iraq. He's pulling out precipitously against the advice of all of his military. Now, I want you to ponder for a moment the three things that I just said. If Hillary Clinton was president right now, what would she do about a border wall? She would sign a spending bill that did not build one. If Hillary Clinton were president right now, what would she do in Syria? She would pull our troops out of Syria. And if Hillary Clinton were president right now, what would she do about the criminal justice reform bill that did not include the amendments offered by Tom Cotton and Representative John Kennedy from Louisiana, which would keep the violent, the most violent, of those scheduled for early release behind bars, she would sign that bill. All three things President Trump did yesterday, all three of them, Hillary Clinton would have done. Barack Obama would have done. And you and I would be livid. This is why we voted for a Republican president. This is why we voted for Donald J. Trump to be the anti Hillary. But now it's plain to see that some of the fears that some of us had during the primaries that there wasn't a massive amount of difference between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were true. Our fears were well-founded. Some of us pointed out that we had a choice between one New York liberal or another. We're finding that was actually the case, at least at the moment. Now, I have spent the better part of the last two years atoning for my mistrust of President Trump by praising the wonderfully positive things that have been done. The tax cuts, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, getting out of the Iran nuclear deal, getting out of the Paris Climate Accords, deregulation, lower uh, unemployment numbers, more jobs available, higher wages. I've been praising the president for all of those things. And I stand by them. But now I see this sudden lurch to the left from the president, and I'm asking myself, who is this man? You know, one of the things that was very appealing to conservatives and Trump voters when the president was nominated and and subsequently elected was that he wasn't a politician, we always said that, and that he was a businessman, and he would bring a businessman's approach to the government, right? And a lot of us said, yeah, but you know what, he doesn't know anything about international uh, relations, he doesn't know anything about foreign policy, he doesn't know anything about the military. I mean, yeah, he's a businessman, but don't we need somebody with some experience in those areas? Right? And what was the answer from Team Trump? He might not know it, but he knows how to manage people, and he'll hire the very best people. He'll hire the very best military minds. He'll hire the very best foreign policy experts. What good does it do? to hire the best military minds if you are then going to turn around and reject their military advice in favor of the advice coming from your liberal daughter and son-in-law they're the ones who want jailbreak they're the ones who want us out of out of uh, syria what's next what good does it do to hire the very best in the business, to work at the Pentagon, the very best national security advisors, only to listen to all of them saying, Sir, this is a disastrous idea. Mr. President, do not pull out of Syria. Lindsey Graham saying, this is a mistake. I do not agree with President Trump on this.
3: I think ISIS is more likely to come back because I don't agree with the president that they're defeated in Syria.
2: Of course, they're not defeated in Syria. Marco Rubio, among others. It's bipartisan, by the way.
1: The decision to withdraw American, uh, an American presence in Syria is a colossal, in my mind, mistake, a grave error
2: that's going to have significant um, repercussions in the years and months to come. It's It's bipartisan. I know that's not bipartisan. I just went from Graham to Rubio, two Republicans, but I'll get to the Democrats as well. you, uh, ISIS is not defeated in Syria and Iraq. If you're tired of fighting radical Islam, I understand it. They're not tired of fighting you. And if you don't get that, you're making a huge mistake. Lindsey Graham is spot on. If you're tired of fighting radical Islam, I do understand it, but they are not tired of fighting you. And if you stop fighting back... It is going to be a grave mistake. Lindsey Graham is spot on. I mentioned the bipartisan nature of this. A, a group of bipartisan legislators sent a bipartisan letter to the president saying, Mr. S- Mr. President, you can't do this.
3: A bipartisan group of senators expressed their concerns with the pullout in a letter warning that, quote, any remnants of ISIS in Syria will surely renew and embolden their efforts in the region and that the withdrawal of the American presence from Syria also bolsters two other adversaries to the U.S., Iran and Russia. Bingo. Well, reaction wasn't all negative. Rand Paul tweeting in part, I am happy to see a
2: president who can declare victory
3: and bring our troops out of a war.
2: With- That's because Rand Paul, like his father, Father has always been an isolationist and he does not think we belong anywhere around the world, firing shots at anyone and protecting anyone. He would let the world burn around us even if it means eventually it's coming to us. Rand Paul's mindset is one that would never have allowed us to go to Europe in World War II. Not going to take the advice of Rand Paul on this. I have I've said many times, I stand with Rand on a number of his domestic issues. When it comes to foreign policy, we part company, and we part company quickly.
4: There's bipartisan outrage over the president's decision. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham says ISIS is still a threat.
1: They will reemerge uh, under the right
4: conditions. Democratic Senator Gene Shaheen called the move dangerous and premature. And wholly inconsistent with the facts on the ground in Syria. GOP Senator Rand Paul
2: supports the decision. To- I already heard about him enough from him. And then meanwhile, there's the president of the United States tweeting a video of himself saying multi- a multitude of things that are simply not true. We've been fighting for a long time in
0: Syria. I've been president for almost two years and we've really stepped it up and we have won against ISIS. We've beaten them and we've be- them badly we've taken back the land and now it's time for our troops to come back home I get very saddened when I have to write letters or call parents or wives or husbands of soldiers who have been killed fighting for our country it's a great honor we cherish them but it's heartbreaking there's no question about it it's heartbreaking now we've won it's time to come back They're getting ready. You're going to see them soon. These are great American heroes. These are great heroes of the world because
2: they fought for us, but they've killed ISIS, who hurts the world. ISIS is not dead. Mr. President, stop lying to the American people. ISIS is not dead. Experts in this field all over this country and all over the world, agree, ISIS is not dead. Our presence in Syria is still drastically or or is, is dramatically needed. And a pullout now will create the same devastating effect that the pullout Obama managed in Iraq created for us then. It's what led to the rise of ISIS. Why are you listening to your liberal daughter instead of your military advisors? The president has abandoned all reason and common sense. So yesterday was a really interesting day coming from the White House. Hey, we didn't get a border wall, but at least we're allowing thousands of violent criminals to go free. Well played, sir. Very well played. I know this monologue is going to upset a lot of people who cannot stop pulling the whistle on the Trump train, and I know people are angry and upset, but I will never lie to you, and I will never, ever try to paint something as being positive when it is wholeheartedly negative, even if it means calling out our president for these mistakes. Your opinions are welcome at 216-901-0945. Right after this, the Bob France Authority.
1: The that Jesus Christ is born. Tell
2: it on the oh. Mike Gallagher coming up at eleven on AM 1420, the answer. 935 now the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, the answer. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh we are wide open for phone uh for uh, phone calls today. Uh, wide open phone lines. We are guest free. In fact, uh, Peter Kirstenow was going to be joining us today, but his day job has interfered. Uh, how dare he! How dare he represent his pli- uh, clients at his law firm when I want to talk to him on the radio about uh, national security matters? I kid, of course. Peter will be joining me tomorrow, though he informs me his schedule uh, allowing it. Uh, he will join us tomorrow, uh, but that means today we are guest free. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five and eight 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 two eight one eleven ten trying to make some sense. Uh, and if you want to tweet or Facebook to me as well, I've been tweeting a lot to, uh, last night, in fact, um, joining a chorus of disappointed conservatives um, who don't understand why the president is caving in and establishing all of these liberal policies. And I mean a chorus of them. If you just take a look at Breitbart... There is just one article after another from conservative after conservative. I gave you a couple of those already. I played a couple of soundbites from Lindsey Graham. I gave you a sound bite from Marco Rubio. Uh, conservative pundit and author Ann Coulter wrote an op-ed for, uh, for uh, Breitbart yesterday calling the president gutless. He's a gutless president in what is a wall-less country. Says Ann Coulter, if you were elected president after decades of politicians doing nothing about the millions of illegals pouring into our country every year, committing crimes, dealing drugs, driving drunk, molesting children, killing Americans like Kate Steinle, and your central campaign promise repeated every day was to build a wall, wouldn't you have spent the entirety of your transition period working on getting it done, writes Ann Coulter? Wouldn't you have been building prototypes, developing relationships with key congressional allies, and talking to military leaders about using the CBs or the Army Corps of Engineers to build the wall? Wouldn't you skip the inauguration or take the oath of office in San Diego so you could get started on supervising wall construction immediately after putting your hand on the Bible and being sworn in as leader of the free world? You would if you meant it. Donald Trump didn't do that. Okay, sure, he could have taken the oath in D.C., gone to a few balls, then started the wall on day two of his presidency, but he didn't do that either. Maybe I'm a literalist, a zealot, but when people kept telling me to be patient, the wall is coming, I nursed a private hope that I was wrong, and they were right. It's crystal clear now, writes Ann Coulter, that one of two things is true. Either Trump never intended to build the wall and was scamming voters all along, or he has no idea how to get it done and zero interest in finding out. He sacrifices every opportunity to make the wall happen. For two years, Trump pretended to believe the President uh, of the United States needs express authorization from Congress to defend the nation's borders and blame the Republican majority for not funding the wall. In a few weeks, he'll start blaming the Democratic House. Last week, several whole days ago, president said, the President said over and over that he would shut down the government if he didn't get funding for the wall. The precise thing he claims he needs We need border security. The wall is part of border security, he said. If we don't have border security, we'll shut down the government. Trump wore the shutdown over the wall as a badge of honor. You want to know something? Okay. You want to put that on me? I'll take it, he said. You know what? I'll say yes. If we don't get what we want, I will shut down the government. Absolutely. One week later, the Drudge Report headline, wall funding off the table. In other words, Trump is still doing exactly what I feared he would do in the worst conceivable way. He's not building the wall while making ridiculous promises right up until seconds before he folds. The Washington Post loves to find the, the one crazy trailer park lady who supports Trump because she had religious ecstasies about him, but most people who voted for him did so with a boatload of qualms. The basic factory setting on the perception of Trump is giant blank. I will not say the word she uses here. Quoting Ann Coulter again, but this is a man who manufactured the fake Time magazine covers featuring himself with the headline Donald Trump, The Apprentice, is a television smash so that he could put framed copies of it on the walls of his clubs. His business is convincing people with lowbrow taste to give him their money. He's a vulgar publicity Han writes Ann Coulter, who used to call reporters in a fake voice and pretend to be his own PR agent, John Miller or John Barron, so that he could brag that actresses wanted to date him. And it goes on and on and on, and I'm not going to read the rest of this, but the part that needs to stick out for you is that he has lost his core public supporters. Ann Coulter was one of the most strident Trump supporters in the conservative realm. She is gone now. Popular radio uh, show hosts on other networks, syndicated hosts have abandoned him as well because he's abandoning them. He's abandoning us by not doing whatever he has to do to get the wall, by not doing whatever he has to do to uh, to make sure that radical Islamic extremists are defeated, by pulling out of Syria early, by not doing what he has to do to support law enforcement and innocent people in communities, by signing a jailbreak bill that is going to release thousands and thousands of dangerous people, he has lost conservatives. Not all of them, of course, but he has lost a lot of them. Breitbart, Aaron Klein. U.S. withdrawal from Syria would be victory for Iran, Russia, and Turkey. I want you to think about that. Victories for the Ayatollah Khamenei, whose chant is death to America. Victories for Vladimir Putin, still our most dangerous geopolitical foe. And victories for Erdogan, a, a, a denier of human rights, one of the worst terrorist supporting leaders in the Middle East in charge of Turkey. Getting our troops out of Syria gives them all a huge advantage. It abandons the Kurds. We trained and worked alongside with the Kurds in Syria to fight this battle with us against the Assad forces, against Russia, Russian and Iranian-backed forces. They're all aligned with Assad in Syria. We trained them they came along, said, we're fighting side by side with you, and now we're bailing on them, abandoning them. Russia is going to solidify control in Syria. Iran is going to have a, if there's a new axis of evil, that's not to let North Korea off the hook yet, of course, but, but Iran, Russia, and Syria, and we are abandoning them all. Full withdrawal. Full withdrawal all 2,000 of the troops that we have there, against the advice of every national security advisor and every military strategist in the Pentagon. The president is losing all of us who are conservatives. Again, just, uh, it's, Lindsey is right. Lindsey Graham is right when he said that our conservative president is making an Obama-like move. An Obama-like move. A withdrawal of all of our forces in Syria. Now, we're dramatically
3: less safe. This is an Obama-like move. You heard
2: that Obama-like move. Keep- you did, didn't you? It's an Obama-like move. And he's right. This is the same Lindsey Graham, by the way, that has been a stalwart conservative, especially since the passing of his friend John McCain, who fought harder than anybody for Brett Kavanaugh, President Trump's uh, choice for the Supreme Court. Don't accuse him of being, you know, Lindsey Graham-nesty anymore. Don't accuse him of being, you know, some sort of uh, soft, uh, mediocre uh, Republican or rhino. Lindsey Graham's right. It's an Obama-like move. What do we do? What do you do? T.J.'s in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. T.J., good morning. Go right ahead.
3: Yeah. You know, Bob, I'm afraid I'm going to have to agree with Ann Coulter on this. I'm I'm starting uh, to move away from Trump. You know, the things I'm seeing. And, you know, this thing about government uh, shutdown, you know, they're trying to play at the heartstrings of the American people. How can you put people out of work around Christmas? Well, if I'm a federal employee right now looking at a shutdown, Bob, I'm happy as a clam. I know I'm going to get paid. All I'm getting is a few weeks of paid vacation. And, you know, the other times the government's been shut down. These people's creditors know that they're going to pay their bill you know, they don't come down on them if you're late on your car payment because they know they're going back to work and they're going to recover all their pay.
2: They always do. But, they, you're right. Yeah. They always pay them their back pay so, if, they've, so, uh, if they're have if they furloughed.
3: So like I said, Bob, you and I would be happy. Man, we're going to be off for the holidays and we're going to get paid for it, you know, in the long run. So, you know, they play it. But, run-
2: but you know what it is, T.J., it's not even about that. Yeah, You're right. You're 100% right. Um It's the optics is the thing. And that's what they're afraid of. That's what the Republicans and McConnell and all the other senators, they're afraid of the optics because most people – aren't you most people aren't me most people don't know things like this they just hear like you said the heartstrings the little violins being played oh they they picture 25% of the federal government cuz that's all the way by the way that's all that would be shut down 75% of the government is going to be continue to continue to operate whether a cr is assigned or not but that 25% means that thousands of families are going to be like tiny tim in a christmas carol and, and 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 gathering around one little piece of coal in the uh uh in, in the the, in the fire to to warm everybody as they as they try to divvy up a single piece of beef jerky for a Christmas dinner, they want that to be the image you have. And guess what? They're right. That's the image most people have when they hear about shutting down these employees and lay, furloughing these employees at the holidays. They it's the optics, TJ, and that's the problem.
3: Well, and see, and that's the problem, Bob. You know, and somebody said that I heard that on Fox last night or something. The Democrats they use their heart to get to the people. The Republicans try to use their head. Unfortunately, the heart thing works with the the average dummy in America. And, 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 you know, I looked at Trump as maybe our last chance, our very last chance to maybe save this, you know, republic. Uh, but I'm, I'm watching that go out the window. Uh, I hate to say it, Bob. These libtards are winning. And the they have
2: out- TJ, you could not be more right. I was just telling somebody by way of Twitter, my friend Tom Zawostowski of uh, We the People uh, and uh, the Portage County Tea Party, I was just telling him by text, because he wrote an op-ed for Town Hall and uh, that was published, and uh, he sent it to me. And thanks for the call, TJ. I'm going to run. Um, he wrote an op-ed for Town Hall, and which he was arguing for the border wall. We have to make sure we get the wall. We have to tell the, tell the president to veto the bill, tell the president not to, to cave in, blah, blah, blah. And I replied to him that the president has already caved in on this. He has already blinked. The wall funding is off the table. He's going to do this. And um, uh, and, and this is a terrible, terrible message uh, because Nancy Pelosi now is going to have all control once this CR ends uh, in February. And my last line to my, in my text to Tom Z, who I hope will call today. I asked Tom to call so we can discuss this on the air. My last line of my text to him before we came on the air this morning was this what you just said tj the democrats are just much better at this than the republicans are i mean that's it that's that's the bottom line the democrats outmaneuver out negotiate and outperform the republicans in congress every time there's a fight that's just the the, the truth Their ideology is wrong. Their progressive ideas, terrible. Their policies for the American uh, uh, public, horrific. They're a threat to national security. They want open borders, crime and drugs flowing across our borders. They're horrific, terrible people. But they're better at this than we are. They're better at getting things done than we are. They outmaneuver us, they outnegotiate us, they outperform us every step of the way, every time we have a showdown like this. They won. And and you're right, T.J., Trump was supposed to stop all of that. He was our hope. He was our hope that we can find a way to to fight back. He was going to drain the swamp and he was going to put up this wall and he was going to do this and he was going to do that. He is getting played like a grand piano. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer ate his lunch. And he's losing his base. I know. Because I'm a part of it. Ann Coulter was one of the leaders of it. Ann Coulter was wearing the engineer's hat, or the conductor's hat, and pulling the whistle on the Trump train. Choo-choo! Let's go! She's gone. Rush Limbaugh's gone. Conservative... Voices across this country are just aghast right now that he is doing this with the wall, that he's doing this with Syria, that he's doing this with the criminal justice reform bill. Aghast. Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner are now running the White House. Two New York liberals are running the White House. Gary is in Cleveland Heights. Gary, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir.
0: Yeah, I was going to tell you things are happy in my house now because my wife and I don't have to uh, argue about late night TV. I'm going to start watching Colbert and that other guy at Kim Mulroney. Uh, why not? I, I have a neighbor. I live in Cleveland Heights. These liberals, they they have a sign up that says "Impeach Trump." You know what? I'm on his side all of a sudden. I, but my cynicism carries me one step further, friends. My critic, my my cynicism tells me. They got him by the shorts. Whoever, and Mueller's going to stop his investigation because they've got everything they want now. Something, Somebody's got a hold of him. They're not going to let go.
2: You know, I, uh, I, I don't know what they might have. Uh, if they do have him by the shorts, it's an interesting uh, 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 description that you made here, Gary. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, but I would, I would just suggest that it's either that or, sadly, Tucker Carlson was right when he said the president is just not up to this. He can't do these things. He is not qualified. He doesn't have the chops to do the things that he wants to do. When you're a multibillion-dollar real estate mogul and businessman, you can direct the traffic. You can make people bow to your whims and your will. You can run the show. Because you are essentially a one-man leader, one-man band. When you have to work with a Congress in a three separate but equal branches of government-style system, you can't just force your way. You have to maneuver. You have to negotiate. You have to manage people. You have to nurture relationships. He doesn't do that. And that's why Ann Coulter is right. He needed to start building this wall day one. And that meant getting with his leaders, uh, the leaders of his party in Congress, and nurturing that relationship so they would go to the wall for him. Literally, sorry about the pun, but to go to go to, you know go to the wall for him or go to the mat for him, and he did not do that. All he did was go on TV and saying, "We're going to get it done. Oh, don't worry, it's the easiest thing in the world. Building a wall is going to be so easy." How many times did he say that in two years, three years counting the campaign? Oh, it's going to be the easiest thing you've ever seen. Oh, that's no problem. We've got this locked up just thinking that the people in Congress would say, okay, sir, here you go, here's what you wanted. Doesn't work that way, and he just might not be up to the job. 952, we'll take a time out here. Come right back with more calls on AM 1420, The Answer. So you better watch out, and you better not cry, and you better not pout. 9.57. I feel like that song is directed at me, Samuel. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout. I'm telling you I, I'm crying and pouting this morning. I, I, I'm admitting it. I'm crying and pouting. I'm crying about the state of my country. I'm pouting because my president has abandoned uh, the principles upon which he was elected. Uh, and that's the bottom line here. He, again, somebody, somebody said this so succinctly in a tweet yesterday. Well, we didn't get our border wall, but at least we're allowing thousands of criminals to get out of prison early. I mean, that's the kind of day it was yesterday. And that was before the president made his ridiculous announcement that he's pulling out of Syria against all advice of national security advisors and military leaders in the Pentagon. Yeah, I'm pouting and I'm crying. But I, I'm joining thousands and thousands and thousands of conservatives who are just just wholly disappointed with this sudden left turn by the president. And we have praised him for two solid years. We have praised him for the work that he has done in so many areas. But this sudden left turn is just has us all uh, baffled. Stephanie is calling us from North Olmsted. I'm told she is a first-time caller. Welcome to the program, Stephanie. Good to have you. Go right ahead.
4: I agree with you. About six months ago, I was very, I voted for Trump, by the way, and I was suspicious. I've always thought that Jared Kushner was running this country. When he signed this um, Mexico agreement, around, I think it was October, November, I heard Trump say that in about four months, we're going to have a peace treaty between Israel and Palestine. And who who do you think is uh, working on that? Jared Kushner. And we have to remember this. The George Kushner's parents were always doing business dealings with the George Soros. So behind the scenes, I think the, the Bloombergs and the George Soros is, are buying America. So I think what probably is happening, they're saying, well, you know, you pull out the troops from Syria, and then we'll sign your peace treaty, and everything will be in place. And because you've got to remember, too, Trump does have a big heart. And I think that was his problem being led by his son-in-law
2: yeah i think it continues to be his problem uh, and on the domestic front as well it 's a really great point you make about uh, the israel uh, uh situation uh, and and I think you 're right uh, Jared Kushner has been running the government a lot more than people realize now not in all aspects obviously you know the president didn 't listen to him when it came to the taxes the president didn 't listen uh, to to liberal advice when it came to pulling out of the Iranian nuclear deal. there are a lot of things the president did where you could tell you know the the independent minded conservative side of him came out but you 're right it 's very very clear in a lot of these other areas that he is getting advice, and like I said, you know, when your daughter means as much to you as Trump's daughter should rightfully, justifiably mean to him, and her her husband, you know, his son-in-law, when they have his ear 24-7, you know, James, James, James Mattis doesn't have his ear. Uh, Mike Pompeo doesn't have his ear. National Security Advisors don't have his ear. uh, Even though they're high-level cabinet members, they don't have the relationship with him that his daughter and and his son-in-law do. do. And uh, they're in his ear 24-7, and it's clear now that they have made some headway because he is making some decisions that completely violate uh, the principles, again, upon which he was elected.
4: Yes. Can I say one more thing, too? Yeah, real quick. Like in the book book of Revelations, they say watch Damascus because when Damascus falls, Then you're going to have the battle, the last battle of Armageddon on Earth. So by him pulling out, I'm afraid for Damascus and Assad. I think it's a trap by the Europeans, but I think it's going to bode ill for us.
2: I don't think there's any doubt about that and uh and you are not alone. There's a lot of people again in high ranking positions militarily uh that feel the same way. They may not uh, they may not believe in the book of revelations or they may. I don't know, but you're right. I think it bode's very very ill for us. Stephanie, thank you for being a first time caller. I hope you call me back again and become a regular because you're very very uh intelligent, well stated. Thank you so much. News time now. More of your calls to follow on AM 1420 the